0: In this episode, we're talking about Labyrinth the Computer Game as a tribute to one of the greatest entertainers of our time, David Bowie. This is Pixelated Audio, episode 48.
1: weekly video game music and retro gaming podcast pixelated audio i'm brian and this is james
0: hey today we're going to be playing music from and talking about labyrinth the computer game
1: yeah the track that brought us in was from the famicom version of the game composed by uh well composed by david bowie
0: yeah <laughs> uh, but arranged
1: by Takasa Mosco. and he's got a pretty big list of games he's been involved with some of them are mighty bomb jack twin cobra shin megami tensei one and two if devil sevener there's kyuyaku megami tensei devil summoner soul hackers and those are just a few of the things that you know Moby says about it but he's got a, a whole bunch of other stuff he's credited for
0: yeah and there's actually a pretty big list of games that he's listed as uncredited for composition games like karate kid digital devil story megami tensei one and two quirk and a whole bunch of others and you're not quite sure if this is just because older games are not really, you know, documented very well. And right. he was later to be found out to be involved with because most of his unaccredited work is from before 1992. Yeah.
1: A lot of times I think people will go like kind of like us. Sometimes we'll find, you know, yeah. credits for people that aren't really in the game. And we'll go back and be like, OK, well, you know, this person obviously did the music for this game. But they just there's no mention at all. Yeah. that They even worked on it. But anyways, uh, yeah, cool composer kind of a goofy track. I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is, follows the the movie. So, I I like this track. I mean, it's it's cool, I guess. Yeah. No, nah, it's kind of dumb actually.
0: Well, I mean, this is a a little bit of a different kind of episode that we've been we've been talking about doing for a while. Which right. is which is basically like a, a normal episode but just much shorter, so
1: shrunk down and also, you know, like we're just going to kind of treat it like an expansion pack but with a focus, like yeah, a theme. Yeah, yeah. So
0: and also this kind of doubles as a little bit of a Bowie tribute. Right, know? right. So, yeah. So it's... we thought this would be kind of fun, uh, you know, we hadn't seen the movie in a long time. You and I got together and yeah. watched the movie after playing the, the some of the games for a little bit and we're right. just laughing our heads off. It's oh, such a fun fun it, time. It
1: was great. We started off with uh, some drinks and some some Bowie music and then we yeah. got right into the movie and man, me and you were laughing dying yeah, there were
0: so many funny parts in the, in the movie and the the puppets and everything it was just so good and bowie himself was just was excellent
1: yeah and our other halves were kind of looking at it's like <laughs> oh my god like really like,
0: yeah is... i was i thought that they would be laughing a little bit more but they weren't yeah <laughs> yes Anyways. so this track from the game is actually uh you know an arrangement of the opening title music from the movie which yeah. um, when you play the two together it's it's pretty funny to to hear yeah i mean
1: you know it is a funny track to you because like when you start up the movie it it plays like multiple times before you actually get into it right
0: yeah there was like the the where all the names are you know the people that worked on the movie are playing there's like the the music and then there's lyrics to those music and then very early on in the movie that whole song plays again starts over i think it's like when because it starts raining and and sarah runs home because she's late for babysitting and that music plays again as like a montage of her running in the rain
1: yeah if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to the show, a lot of references might not make a whole lot of sense yeah. because we don't want to explain, like go watch the movie. It's like, yeah. I think it's like 12 bucks on iTunes and there's other streaming websites that you can, I think watch it for you know free or whatever.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, when we were, you know, checking out some of the games, there were things we were confused about. But then when we went and watched the movie again because it had been so long, we we're like, oh, yeah, that's why that happened or that's who that is. So right. we, we found it even funnier, I guess. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Going back and, and checking out definitely made some things that didn't quite make sense in the beginning kind of, okay, now now I see the reasoning behind it. Yeah. So there's two completely different versions of Labyrinth, the computer game. There's a graphic adventure that came out for the Apple II and C64, which was later ported over to the MSX and the PC-88. And then this Famicom version is kind of on its own. It's kind of like its own little solo game. So let's start off with the Famicom version. The track that we came in was from the Famicom. Let's kind of continue with that. And um, unlike the the other ones that follow kind of have their own story and stuff, the Famicom version actually follows a lot closer with the movie. So we figured we kind of stick with that one and kind of focus on that one a little bit more. It was released in 1987 for the Famicom, developed by Atlas and published by Tokuma Shoten. And it goes by the name Labyrinth Mao no Makeu, which is kind of like uh, Maze of the Goblins. Yeah.
0: So in this game it's a top-down third-person perspective similar to something like, you know, The Legend of Zelda on the NES. Right, the, right. The gameplay actually shares a little bit more in common with Gauntlet being pushed through these fantasy maze puzzle type elements. Um, I, I would say that too. Like it for me,
1: it felt closer to Gauntlet than it did to Zelda because mm-hmm. you know Gauntlet. Uh, you know, granted, you do have like all these you know enemies just pile driving you at once. Right. This doesn't have the same thing, but the structure of the maze and everything looks very similar, and the way you're you're looking at your character moving around, it's very very similar, very similar fashion.
0: Yeah. So in, in this game, like we said, it follows the story of the movie a little bit more. So you play as Sarah, which is the same Sarah from the movie, and she has. An infinite number of rocks that she can throw in the game So you're not really like shooting guns Or anything like that Or swords It's like yeah you're throwing rocks at enemies So eventually the rocks They had had to give her something Yeah yeah. well in the movie she throws rocks Yeah, uh, Like once Yeah So eventually the rocks can get stronger, just like in most games, things get upgraded a little bit. So they do more damage, and she'll gain actually some friends from the movies as followers to help her kind of attack, which is,
1: which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I couldn't really get to that point where they were actually helping me out. Mm-hmm. They were more like just in the way. But when we were playing it together, it was like uh, we weren't sure if they were going to attack us or not. Yeah, it's no, kind of I ambiguous. remember
0: you got Hoggle to follow you for a little bit, but I think if like you scroll off the screen and he doesn't come like he gets stuck somewhere then he like disappears for some reason or something but yeah yeah (laughs) it's only forever (laughs) it's only oh
1: man anyways uh let's get into our next track this is track uh it's called bgm 13 from labyrinth the computer game on the famicom (laughs)
0: That fun little tune was composed by Tsukasa Masuko for Labyrinth on the Famicom. It's a pretty rad little track, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's not right? bad.
1: Yeah, we were going through the soundtrack, and we were thinking, like, okay, we can't expect a whole lot, but yeah. there's some pretty jamming little, little tunes in here.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and when you're in the Labyrinth, like, this track does a really good job of just making you feel like you're you're progressing, and it doesn't really, I didn't find it to get too annoying. But right. it, that really that repetition, I thought was actually kind of nice because it made you feel like every part in the maze is the same part. Like you don't feel, like you feel lost the whole time. Yeah,
1: it's tough to do with like roguelikes and stuff mm-hmm. where, you know, you're going to hear the same track over and over because you're going to get stuck and there's going to be all sorts of right. like puzzles you got to figure out, backtrack and all that stuff. So you don't want to hear the same thing over and over. And so maybe this track does get a little annoying after, you know, being stuck in the same area. But because of certain elements in the game, there's a good chance you won't be stuck for too long. So yeah. it, it is a cool little track that I like. It. I think it would fit in another game too. Mm-hmm. So, Anyways, so the story.
0: Right, so we said this game follows the movie. And so a little bit of a refresher is how that's all starts. Um, Sarah, the main character, is kind of out and she's practicing a play and really I thought she was just a
1: like n- super nerd and she's no, like really into it she was practicing a play when
0: i was research, it said she was practicing a play i think in the movie it's a little bit loose like they don't okay. really say that it's for a play but that's what she was doing uh, anyway so she's practicing and she realizes oh no i'm late uh, i got a babysit and she gets home and her baby brother is just crying and will not stop and she's really annoyed and she wishes for Jareth the Goblin King to come take him away, which is a lot like how it kind of follows the play that she's she's been reading. Anyway, Jareth the Goblin King, who's played by David Bowie, shows up and takes the baby and says you have 13 hours to complete the maze and to get him back, or he's mine. So the game follows that. You get there, but you have 13 minutes and you have to collect 12 coins and 12 keys and you get one key and coin per maze uh, once you get all of those you can take him on in the central castle. So. Yeah,
1: so what makes it kind of difficult each maze is Like a level and it has its own twist or gimmick to it and all the paths rearrange as you go through them. So dynamically as you're walking you know if you backtrack it'll look completely different so imagine if you're playing uh, Zelda mm-hmm. and you're in you know kind of like the the grassland you know Hyrule field and yeah. then you turn around and everything behind you is completely reversed it's kind of like that the whole way through this yeah. game. each uh, level that you you progress through that you beat it kind of adds more elements of, of like puzzles to to the level so mm-hmm. it gets like more progressively difficult and the thing is about the timer in this game, you have 13 minutes to in right. no, game time.
0: 13 minutes. That's and it's a it's a timer, it's a clock. Right. so it's like that is pretty intense.
1: So this whole game is you have to I mean when you get hit by an enemy, you 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 lose time. You, right. There is no health, so you just yeah. lose minutes to your time kind of like kind of like the the health system in Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that. But then you can gain time by like getting different items that you find throughout yeah. the throughout the maze or throughout the labyrinth, and uh, that will increase the the overall time that you have. So it is kind of like this constant, you know, balancing act between you know getting hit and grabbing mm-hmm. extra time and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so you kind of gotta search the maze to not only find the exit but also you know to get that key and that coin, but you also have to kind of search to find things to increase your time. And I, I thought I noticed too that no matter how many things you collect it the max is always 13 minutes so say you're at like you know 12 minutes and 50 seconds and you get something that's normally adds like a full minute it only goes up to 13 right right so
1: anyways let's get into a few more tracks this is bgm3 and bgm7 and we'll be right back
0: You just heard BGM 3 and 7, composed by Tsukasa Masuko for Labyrinth on the Famicom. It's
1: pretty cool little tracks, man. Yeah. That first one is super... I Yeah, I like it's it. got a heavy beat to yeah. it. It doesn't go anywhere because <laughs> yeah. you, know, you get the loop after like 10 seconds there, but yeah. I mean, it, it's got some little parts to it, some mm-hmm. little change-ups, but uh, it's pretty cool. I remember where it falls in the game, too, so...
0: Yeah, and it actually fits with kind of the look. You kind of go, you find stairs, you go underground. So it's almost like rocks and it's very, the ground is all black. And right. uh, so it kind of fits. It feels a little darker and heavier. So like it, I like that.
1: Yeah, you know, it scared me in the movie when I was a kid. I remember when she's, when Sarah's falling down yeah. into the, the lower level of the labyrinth and uh, all the hands are like touching that creeped me out so much that was was so cool
0: though how they like talked by making faces out of the hands and stuff. yeah
1: go watch the movie seriously it's so awesome but um, yeah that next track too that really had like a a, kind of like a Zelda kind of thing going on yeah yeah.
0: it was much more um, kind of like fantasy epic kind of dark too which I liked it It also wasn't a super long track it was you know three or four times longer than the loops for some of the other tracks we've listened to but it's still really cool I was really surprised and Listening to it with headphones on is just—it ah, sounds so much better.
1: It is cool. I mean, you know, like it's one thing you, you listen, you, you figure this soundtrack, you're like, eh, okay, you know, kind of write it off, not no big deal. But then you kind of listen to it and mm-hmm. and you kind of like analyze it, and you kind of start thinking about like what the the composers were thinking, what was going on in the time period, uh, yeah. not just for the movie, but. Actual just time period for development, mm-hmm. and you know what they wanted to accomplish, and just kind of putting this all in your mind while you're listening is makes it a little bit more special, right?
0: Yeah, because I mean, you said '87, right? For yeah, '87. That's, that's a long time ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, they had limitations, and they had stuff they wanted to pull off, and uh, you know, obviously, this was something that fit in with like a franchise, so they mm-hmm. wanted to kind of rapidly get it out there, and uh, it never made its way anywhere else, you know, outside of Japan, but the composer still had something in mind something mm-hmm. he wanted to do he wanted to do some tracks from the game and do some stuff on his own and just kind of play with this idea of this you know girl lost in a labyrinth trying to yeah. get away to the castle
0: i mean and we talked about some games that he's involved with the music and really good stuff so oh, yeah. i mean it was just, this is a really cool start i think
1: yeah so this game you know it takes place uh just like the movie you start up you talk to the goblin king and then right right away you get this really cool like weird looking david bowie yeah. you know nintendo looking he
0: kind of looks like a fair like like he has like like uh, a lot of makeup a lot of uh, like he almost looks like he has like wings are just gonna pop out of his back at any right. second <laughs> he doesn't you don't get the the
1: massive bulge like you do in yeah. the, the movie so <laughs> yeah no that, crotch shots yeah it was a little i was a little bit disappointed <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah so the game starts up and you don't know what you're doing
0: i didn't know what i was doing yeah we were playing it together and you're like hey, maybe go to the right go to left yeah because you so- kind of start out in like an open field and then as you work your way north you find the maze walls and there's like a door you go through the door and we're like okay cool and then just like the movie there's like a wall straight in front of you, you can go left and right and that's and, it yeah and we're like um okay where's the how do we get on the other side of this wall because you can see on the other side of the wall you just and then there's no, no way to get to it. Yeah, and we just walk through it, and we're like, what the hell just happened? And then after watching the movie, we realize, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you talk totally to that worm. You
1: talk to that worm, and then... Oh, so another thing about the movie, too, to kind of tie it in with the game is, you know, right when I started started playing, uh, I only knew the the one button for, you know, shoot or throw rocks. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, all these fairies start attacking you, and they, yeah. they're, they're, like, relentless. They're just coming all over the place. Yeah. And it's really, it's really annoying. At first, I was thinking to myself, like, Like, where does this fall into the... I don't remember this at all. But if you remember in the movie, right in the beginning... Uh, what is his name hoggle hoggle? Yeah. He's like squirting them with like insecticide. Yeah, like, she's
0: like, oh wow fairies And then he like sk- kills one. He's like aha like 68 and yeah. then she's like, what are you doing? And she picks it up and it bites her. Yeah, and then she's like, what did you expect fairies to do? And yeah, they're says, like grant wishes and he's like that shows, you know, nothing <laughs> So it just is a great introduction to hoggle <laughs> and it's just really funny to see like fairies that are like mean Yeah, no,
1: it, so it's funny So there's all these guys these all these fairies flying at you and you don't really know what you're doing And they're slowly making your time tick down and then you have to just figure your way through this yeah. labyrinth and I walked all over the place. I mean, couldn't find my way around. When yeah. me and you started kind of playing together, it made a little more sense because we were kind of like thinking yep. Yeah, together. we could put
0: both our brains together. But yeah. the thing I liked about it was that it had a feeling like the movie that if so have you if you've seen the movie, some of the things make sense whereas we've seen a lot of games that have movie tie-ins that have nothing to do with the movie and you can figure it out if you've never even heard of the characters before, but this game I could see people being really confused if they'd never seen the movie. Like, how do I get on the other side of that wall? And it's like, just walk through it. And so, I mean, so I really like that, even though the mazes were very different. um, Like the hedge maze looks really cool. And it, you know, like you had said before, it rearranges itself, which it does in the movie. So that was cool, but the levels themselves are not so heavily tied to the movie. But that opening part with getting into the hedge maze was very much like that. And yeah. I thought it was really funny, too, when uh, you complete a maze, you talk to that wizard guy that has, like, the chicken on uh, his head. Oh, it's, like, yeah. for his hat. And was, uh-huh. It was just so great looking at this game and then, like, watching the movie and just all these little things, these little funny things that, that show up in the game. So it was... I thought it was cool. Like, there was a lot of really cool parts, too. Yeah.
1: Anyways, we do have one track from the game left. This is BGM 9, and uh, I think it's... I think it's a great track So let's listen to that And we'll be right back
0: BGM 9, arranged by Tsukasa Masuko for Labyrinth on the Famicom. Yeah, you it, might know that as a Bowie track. Yeah, from the movie. So the track is actually called As the World Falls Down, and it takes place during the uh, like masquerade ballroom. After, scene where she gets drugged, yeah. Yeah, where, yeah, where Bowie drugs her and then sings <laughs> about being in love with her. So. Very weird scene.
1: Yeah. Looking it, at it, what, 30 years later?
0: Yeah, the, the whole movie is, is very weird. There's a lot of uh, sexual innuendos and... I mean, Bowie's crotch itself is is like, its, it's a own character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so
1: funny. There's those scenes
0: where it's like right in your face. And yeah. It's like, oh my God. Like, It'd be like Bowie's talking to Hoggle, who's like this dwarf guy. And then so he's like crotch high. So you see like Bowie's crotch and Hoggle's face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So he's like getting this girl to fall in love with him. He's like yeah. telling all, all these, you know, he's trying to sweet talk this, this girl, this little, what is she ten?
0: Uh, maybe yeah somewhere around there like she's very young she's she's definitely not of age for bowies but uh uh, i mean it's it's a really beautiful track and it it i thought it was a pretty good job with the arrangement
1: oh i mean you know it's it's you know putting a a bowie song to nes you know using nes hardware that's got to be a task in itself yeah you know it's probably why they went with some of the slower stuff you know if you listen to the soundtrack the actual movie soundtrack Mm -hmm. there's a lot of tracks in there that would be pretty rough to yeah to sequence out but this, you know, a little more a little more mellow. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean so we've seen a a pretty good variety of types of tracks. Like this was a very kind of slow, beautiful, there was like heavy, um, like dark tracks, and then there was kind of upbeat, repetitious tracks. So I thought this soundtrack as a whole had a lot of variety to it for this game. Right. But we got a, a little bit more to talk about before mm-hmm. we wrap
1: up here. There's so the other version that came out, this came out actually prior to the Famicom version. Right. It was kind of like the de facto Labyrinth, the video game or the computer game version, came out on the Apple II, the C64, MSX, and it was later ported to like PC88 and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The thing about this is this was the first licensed adventure game produced by Lucas Films or Lucas Arts, and you know they're responsible for all sorts of other games that we've talked about before on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grim Fandango, we had a whole show on that, right? And so this was um, an interesting game because it was kind of like it's not really a point-and-click adventure; it's more of like a text-based. Yeah. Adventure with like these kind of cinematic scenes where you move your character around, but uh, you know we couldn't really play a whole lot of music from the Apple II version because there is no sound. It's like yeah. a, like beeper sound only, and uh, like just very very minimal sound effects. The C64 version is interesting, mm-hmm. and uh, the MSX is probably the better on the better side of it. So
0: yeah, so we got a couple tracks from the MSX to play. So let's get into the first one called BGM5, and we'll be right back.
1: GM5 for the MSX version of Labyrinth. I don't know the composer. Looked everywhere. didn't yeah. find it. Gave up.
0: Well, it's 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 pretty good. It sounds like it's probably an arranged track from the movie, just right. because of how detailed and whimsical. And but I mean, I, I don't know for sure. But yeah. that's just how it sounded, and I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's cool. cool. I mean, we've heard a lot better stuff on the MSX. I mean, of course. The reason why we wanted to kind
1: of put in a few tracks from the MSX because the only one, like we we're saying earlier, it's the only one that. Actually has something to listen to. Yeah, I figured at least let you guys listen to it, and you you be the decision makers on it. If you hate it, let us know. Uh, but we'll probably be right alongside you. <laughs> Not that great. The yeah. game. The game itself, though. I mean, we we didn't actually play it, but we kind of watched some some playthroughs and stuff.
0: I remember reading about it before I saw it, and it's people had said, "Oh, this is looks pretty cool." And, you know, this game, people really liked it for its sharp graphics and all that stuff. And I saw it, I was like, uh, what? Like, did I read it, that right? Because it's, yeah. it's
1: kind of odd looking. Um, well, it's old. I mean, this is 86 when yeah. it came out. So I, it was a very early adventure kind of LucasArts game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you look at it, there's this background, like static backgrounds, like labyrinth, like uh, like brick walls and stuff yeah. like that. And you have your single character character. Uh, who is a who's a man a male it looks like right
0: yeah because well to it, point out this game doesn't follow the movie at all
1: right so you're just kind of going through these kind of static images and then you'll encounter different you know enemies and you have to like talk to them or talk your way out of something mm-hmm. it's kind of like puzzles that way but yeah it, it looks kind of interesting I mean we should check it out
0: yeah no I mean everywhere I read, people that played it really liked it said this game had done really well so so weren't you gonna mention something about the thimbleweed yeah so it's it's pretty interesting some of the guys that worked on this version of the game uh there's a guy gary winnick who was the artist for labyrinth and david fox who was the project leader uh they have gotten back together recently and they're working on a game called thimbleweed park which is a new point and click adventure that's coming out on uh, linux windows OS 10, iOS, Xbox One, Android. So they're kind of putting together, the team back together to make a new um, point-and-click adventure, which I thought was kind of cool. That'd be kind of rad. I mean, do you know when it comes out is this just being kickstarted now or? Uh, No, it's, i guess it's supposed to come out this year okay. so, oh wow so, so there's already pretty deep into production i guess i don't so. know why i hadn't heard about it. maybe i heard about it at one point and it
1: just kind of like i was like yeah you know like, yeah
0: it sounded kind of familiar but i, I think it's also these point click adventures are just starting to come back like a lot in these last year or two so um it'd be interesting to see what happens so yeah
1: anyways let's get into our next track this is track 88 i'm not exactly sure on these track titles yeah because there's it's weird like if you look at the msx and you look at the different uh uh, the hex codes for each track Mm -hmm. they're all kind of all over the place so there's a lot of repeats a lot of repetition because Mm -hmm. they're calling back to memory so anyways this is track 88 and you guys be the judge if you like it
0: That was track 88 for Labyrinth on the MSX. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Kind of weird all yeah. over the place. A little dark and kind of sinister, but whimsical still. I thought it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I, you know, again, we didn't have a whole lot of options to to choose from against the other platforms, so mm-hmm. we wanted to at least throw something at you yeah. and see if it sticks, but you know, kind of take it like a grain of salt, because yeah. I think the, the Famicom version actually has some pretty rad stuff.
0: Yeah. No, and now you can see why we wanted to, to use this for a shorter episode. Yeah. So... so I did want to
1: ask you about the story about this game because you actually looked into it a little bit more.
0: Yeah, so originally this was the the version of the games we found first and we found the Famicom one afterwards. So I'd already started researching and this game's story doesn't follow the movie at all. Uh, It's actually pretty interesting that in the beginning of the game you get asked your name. So you you can put in your name and you can pick your gender and your favorite color and that, that actually... Uh, that makes sense because yeah.
1: I see the screenshots of a bunch of males, so
0: Yeah, so I guess the people playing the game just pick dudes. Right. But, uh, so you actually are going to the movies to watch Labyrinth. I did read about this part. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so you're going there and I guess you're talking with your friends about the movie, like, Oh, I can't wait to watch it or whatever. And then Jareth shows up on the screen and he's like, Hey you in the front row and like he like abducts you and brings you into the labyrinth and you have 13 hours to solve the labyrinth and in this game instead of like a 13-minute clock you actually have a real-time 13-hour clock to right. complete the game
1: so you can you know complete the game and then you get back and watch the movie
0: yeah <laughs> but i thought it was kind of interesting that is kind of cool that i remember reading cool. that they had said that um you know george lucas wanted a tie-in with the game because lucas films was working on this with you know jim henson and all that right and so he was just like i want a game and didn't say what kind of game he wanted, or so I guess he was pretty well known for not giving you any any you know, details feedback. Yeah, right. so uh, they put a team together, and they they actually met with the, the I think his name's Douglas Adams, the guy that wrote the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right, and they met in like London for a week, and he was just throwing out all these crazy ideas, and, and then like, we'll um, take them all. Yeah, so then and we're not paying you. <laughs> yeah, so then, uh, like I mentioned before, David Fox, who is the project leader, like his job was to put it all together and like create a game. So this is the game that they came up with. That's
1: pretty cool. It actually makes me want to go back and play it now. You know, Yeah, I, I was kind of looking kind of glancing over it because we, we knew that when we were going to do this episode, it was going to be kind of a short little, you know, Bowie tribute kind of mm-hmm. thing. And then we kind of wanted to start this small series of episodes too to kind of something like that you know you can't really fit into a full hour hour and a half but we still think it's it's worth playing we're still going to do the expansion packs of course those are still super fun to us right but uh, you know this was a lot of fun too and throwing in these little kind of tidbit episodes every now and then will be a little change of pace, I think, between our normal shows.
0: Yeah, because we always are coming across games that maybe never came to the U.S. or didn't have any sequels or, or didn't show up on a lot of different platforms. So there's not a whole lot on those. So maybe 20, 30-minute episode would work great.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so today we covered Labyrinth on the Famicom. We also talked about the MSX version uh, and the Apple II C64 and stuff like that mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, as well as the PC88 port. If you want to know more about the show, you can check us out online at pixelatedaudio.com for our show notes and our track lists. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter
0: at Pixelated Audio. And make sure to leave us some comments and feedback at any of those locations. We love hearing about them. And if you're new to the podcast, make sure to check out some of our past episodes like Potful Mail. Um, oh man, Ground Seed. Yeah, Ground Seed. Uh, yeah, if you want Ground another, uh, we mentioned MSX has beautiful music. You could check out... Uh, Nightmare, which is a great MSX track, that, or MSX episode we did.
1: Yeah, we did the, the whole series. It was a ton of fun, a lot of fun music, and we mm-hmm. covered a, quite a bit of detail on that game. Yeah. Anyways, but definitely listen to the last, uh, the last episode of Ground Seed because if there's if there's any like bizarre game that mm-hmm. you think we would never cover, that's got to be one of them because we went into some detail on yeah,
0: it. Yeah, we're very proud of uh, the amount of research that went into that game with no available information online at all (laughs) anyways
1: so the track taking us out we're gonna serenade you with some commodore 64 nice yeah so this is a track a little track composed by our buddy david bowie rest in peace arranged by david martin jr and it's called magic dance this is track number five from the commodore 64 thank you guys again and see you next week